1: now turn the call over to Mike Allister, VP of Investor Relations for Sierra Metals. Please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sierra Metals' second quarter 2021 results conference call. On today's call, we are joined with uh, by Luis Marchese, our CEO, as well as Ed DeMaris, our CFO. We are assuming that all published materials have been read, and as such, today's presentation highlights the key issues of the quarter. However, I would like to highlight, as always, we are open for questions at the end of the presentation, which can expand upon other issues that might be of interest to those listening. The accompanying presentation for today's call is available for download through the webcast or from the company's website at sierrametals.com. Yesterday's press release, the financial statements, and the management discussion and analysis are also posted on the company's website. Before I turn the call over to management, I would like to indicate that this earnings call contains forward-looking information that is based on the company's current expectations, estimates, and beliefs. This forward-looking information is subject to a number of risks, uncertainties, and other factors. Actual results could differ materially from our conclusions, forecasts, or projections as reflected in the forward-looking information. Additional information about the material factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from the conclusions, forecasts, or projections in the forward-looking information and the material factors or assumptions that were applied in drawing a conclusion or making a forecast or projection as reflected in the forward-looking information is contained in the company's annual information form, which is publicly available on CDAR or EDGAR via Form 40.0 or on the company's website. Please note that all dollar amounts mentioned on today's call are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise noted. I would now like to turn the call over to Luis Marchese, our CEO, who will provide us with the second quarter highlights as well as an outlook for the remainder of the year. Afterwards, Ed Gamaris, our CFO, will take us through the company's financial highlights for the quarter. At the end of the call, Luis Marchese will provide a brief statement on the Update of the strategic review process. With that, I will now turn the call over to Louis Markavesi.
3: Thanks, Mike. Good morning, everyone. Turning now to the second quarter highlights on slide four. One of the biggest issues is still affecting our daily operations at all three mines is the COVID-19 pandemic. As always, the safety of our workforce and the communities in which we operate remains paramount to the company. The pandemic has involved various direct and indirect challenges to the company and management, which have hindered, hindered our ability you to. You are operate muted. As
1: you can expect- mute or unmute yourself by pressing star six.
3: As expected this year.
1: The host would like you to unmute your microphone. You can press star six to unmute.
3: Some of the COVID-19 issues are still ongoing or are a residual effect from previous quarters on current operations. Direct impact issues have included lower workforce availability and additional costs related to management and prevention of COVID-19. The residual from delays on mine development has forced production to come from lower rate, higher tonnage area, in order to reach throughput targets. Lower grades have directly affected metal production at all three of our mines. Although the company was able to secure the production expansion permit to 3,600 tons per day at Yavikocha, it came with a delay from our initial expectations. On the other hand, the company also encountered problems related to significant underground water and high temperatures at its Cusi mine, which made it less amenable to the plant production rates. The issues at TUSI are being rectifi- rectified with the completion of a race board which will provide relief to the high temperatures and streamlining the pumping capacity at well, the
2: seems to be having some technical difficulties. Uh, g- good morning, good morning, everyone. Um, I'll just uh, pick up where, uh, where Louise left off. If, if we turn to slide four, One of the biggest issues still affecting daily operations at all three mines is the COVID-19 pandemic. As always, the safety of our workforce and the communities in which we operate remains paramount to the company. I believe, Luis, are you able to join now or Okay. The pandemic has imposed various direct and indirect challenges to the company and management, which. Which have hindered our ability to operate as effectively as expected this year. Some of the COVID 19 issues are still ongoing or are a residual effect from previous quarters on current operations. Direct impact issues have included lower workforce availability and additional costs related to management and prevention of COVID 19. I believe Luis is trying to connect. Yes.
4: Thank Luis you. On mute. Yes.
2: Okay. I, I, apologies, everyone. We're, we're having some technical difficulties, uh, Luis, turning in from Lima. Full effect from delays on mine development has forced production to come from lower grade, higher tonnage areas in order to reach throughput targets. Lower grades have, directi- have directly affected metal production at all three of our mines. Although the company was able to secure the production expansion permit to 3,600 tons per day at Yodi it came with a delay from our initial expectations. On the other hand, the company also encountered problems related to significant underwater, underground water, and high temperatures at a Tusi mine, which made it less. Aminable to the planned production rates. The issues at CUSI are being rectified with the completion of a raised bore, which will provide relief to the high temperatures and streamlining the pumping capacity at the mine. I will now turn it over to Luis Matez.
3: Thank you. Ed. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Uh, we have also increased treatment charges. We have also seen increased treatment charges. Due to price participation, escalators later from our Unit costs were also affected, mainly due to indirect fixed costs, which still must be incurred despite lower metals production. We continue to take proactive measures to mitigate potential impact of COVID-19, and we continue to test and quarantine employees before they can join the active workforce, and continue to monitor all employees daily. I would also mention that while the Peruvian and Mexican government's vaccination efforts are bringing vaccines to the population in our areas of influence, starting with the most at risk in the communities, the situation, however, is not yet under control, and COVID-19 remains a significant risk for our personnel, communities, and our business. The company has engaged proactively with the local authorities to support their efforts and to facilitate vaccination efforts nearby our operations. Turning now to slide five. In reflecting the previously mentioned challenges and their impact on operations in the first half of 2021, we saw the need to revise our production, cost, and evict the guidance to align with the outlook for the year. We continue to work through the challenges and issues with the second half of the year expected to be stronger than the first half. With that, copper equivalent production is now expected to fall between 110 and 115 million pounds this year. Cash costs are trending higher due to the previously mentioned reasons, and we will see increased overall costs in 2021. Based on the new production and cost guidance ranges, Management have also revised the DIPDA guidance, which is now expected to range between 130 to 140 million US dollars for the year. Finally, with the inclusion of the capex to construct a new iron ore processing plant at Bolivar, we are now revising capital expenditures for the year to 100 million. The company balance sheet remains strong, and after the increase in capital expenditure and the repayment of loans for approximately 19 million which will be lower the overall debt position to approximately 80 million at the year's end. Despite the challenges we face in relation to the pandemic in the second quarter, the company continued to see improvements in consolidated throughput, revenue, vita, and net income over the same period in 2020 and over the previous quarter in 2021. Looking ahead to 2021, turning to slide 6, and looking ahead in 2021, despite the unexpected challenges we are facing, we continue to see strong growth opportunities for the companies, even more so as we emerge from the pandemic with increased vaccination rates amongst our employees. Short-term opportunities include the production of payroll or concentrate uh, accelerated stage production increases at Bolívar, continues improving initiative at Javricocha and Kusi, while we are completing preliminary feasibility studies to evaluate the 53 percent throughput expansion at the Javricocha mine and the potential doubling of production at the Bolívar and Kusi mines. We also continue with our Brazil exploration programs while reactivating our greenfield programs at our extensive land position in Peru and Mexico. We continue to expect further cash flow and liquidity improvements in the future, a benefit of expected production and grade improvements and strong metal prices. The company is making the necessary capital investments and infrastructure improvements to continue growing production and improving costs. We remain committed to the company's present and sustainable growth and, more importantly to improving the per share value benefiting all shareholders with that I will now turn the call over to Ed for the The host would like you to
1: unmute time. your microphone. You can press Thanks, star 6 to unmute.
2: now to slide 7. The company had a relatively good second quarter despite COVID-19 and other operational challenges. We reported a 50% 54% increase to our consolidated throughput as well as adjusted EBITDA of 38 million. We also reported positive free cash flow and net income, and we finished the quarter with approximately 76 million in cash. These results are the product of evolving optimized operations and expansions ramp up, despite the negative effects of COVID-19. Overall, the company continues to have solid financial and operational performances, which we expect to continue into the second half 2021. Our revenue mix by metal continues copper, followed by silver and zinc. It is expected that copper will continue to take a leading role in the company's metal mix of production and revenue going forward. In Q2 2021, we saw an improvement in all realized metal prices. Copper continued to improve in the first half of 2021 and remain strong currently. Precious metals and zinc have also remained relatively strong. Turning now to slide eight, compared to the same period in 2020, cash costs were higher at all mines. The reasons have been previously disclosed on this call, but again, this is mainly due to lower metal production, which is attributable to lower head grades from reduced tonnage contributions from higher grade zones and operational issues at CUSI. We finished the quarter, and if we turn to slide nine, we finished the quarter with 76 million in cash and have total net debt of 17.2 million. The company has commenced the repayment of its debt facility in June this year with an initial installment of 6.25 million and we will continue to make, the host to would make like you to the installments you can press with the last installment occurring unmute. in March 2025. The company continues to have a strong balance sheet, working capital and cash position to support capital expenditures, debt repayment and growth initiatives. Based on our current budgeting process and current strong metals price environment, this scenario could provide support for an attractive dividend policy in the future. Management remains committed to the company's prudent and sustainable growth plan, and more importantly, improving the per-share value benefiting all shareholders. And with that, I will now turn the call back over to Louise, who will provide a brief update on the strategic review process announced in January of this year. Louise,
3: Thank you, Ed. Turning now to slide 10. I would like to give a brief update on the strategic review process that we originally announced in January this year. Let me first state that we strongly believe
1: the, the company of strong recommendations for can
3: solid
1: value
3: star value six to the a in return for its Despite current challenges, the company benefits from a strong EBITDA performance at current metal prices, and a solid financial position to build additional value into the future. It has a current number of exciting, actionable, organic growth opportunities, particularly at Bolivar and Agriculture, and a large land package for growth in the future, both near mine and further. The process is still ongoing, and considering all options, we expect to be able to provide a more detailed report on the process in the coming weeks. Let me finish my presentation by highlighting the strengthening of our company's focus on environmental, social, and governance structures and initiatives, provided an increasingly complex and challenging environment in which to operate. In that sense, It's important to mention that we're also considering the ongoing fluid changes in the political landscape in both jurisdictions, Peru and Mexico, for our current strategic planning. That ends the presentation portion of these calls. We would not like to open the call to questions from participants. Operator, please open the lines.
1: As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, that is star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Once again, that is star one. Your line's on
2: mute. We won't be able to hear you. Your telephone keypad. Once
1: again, that is star one. you would like to ask a question that is star 1 once again that is star 1 once again that is star 1 to ask a question
5: The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A., members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.
6: Operator, can you open the line?
1: The line is open.
2: Well, you've been announced the first caller. It's Mark Reitman from Noble Capital, and open his line.
1: Your first question comes from Mark Reichman.
4: Good morning, and thank you. Um, I was just had two questions. The first was on the iron ore processing plant. Um, if, if there was any, if you could just kind of elaborate on, you know, the timing there, when you might expect it to go into production in 2022, uh, you know, the ramp up, or perhaps when you might provide a little more guidance around that asset.
3: Thanks, Mark. Uh, This is Luis. Uh, We are uh, proceeding with this project on a fast-track basis, Mark. So as we speak, we are um, looking at the different parts of the project at the same time. We will be issuing a PDA for Bolivar, including the magnetite project in the coming weeks. We are finalizing it. And uh, that will give you some more detail on the actual economics, the actual very exciting economics of, of this project. Uh, in terms of timing, we are expecting it to be uh, on full production in the second quarter of next year.
4: Okay. And the second question was just on the production guidance. Um, you know, the full year 2021 production guides look pretty uh, straightforward. The only one that I called my attention was on the zinc, uh, you know, given the first half production numbers relative to the full year guidance. And I was just wondering if there were any, uh, if you want to maybe comment on kind of the differences between, say, the first half and what your expectation is in the second half uh, relative to to the zinc production. Thank you, Mark.
3: The the zinc production is uh, very much influenced by the sequencing at the mine uh, in, in the agriculture. So, uh, the plan just reflects what uh, what the sequencing is allowing us to bring to the market uh, as soon as possible. As I, as we've mentioned before, we have some residual effects from, from the COVID pandemic and that has influenced our development plan the mine. So, uh, we are trying to reach as soon as possible to a higher grade area, but uh, what is on the guidance is what uh, we can we feel that we can achieve
4: between now and year. Great. Thank you very
6: much. Thank you.
1: The next question will come from Haiku Isle with HC Wainwright. Please go ahead.
6: Hey, can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Hey, can, you, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can hear you, Michael. Thank you. Perfect. Um, for, <laughs> thanks for taking my question. Um, for Bolivar, you state in your release that Mina de Fierro is a larger ore body with greater tonnages. So far, so good. But you also mentioned that the head grades and recoveries are lower than at Bolivar West. Um, going to the recoveries, is the change in the recoveries attributable to just being different? Rock is a tougher to chase grade uh Just to show I me, mean, what is the difference? How meaningful is it, and how long lasting is it?
3: Yeah, well, I Mina mean, de feel is a lower grade mine uh, compared uh, area compared to Bolivar, and uh, the reason for the lower recovery is because it's Mina de it has iron uh, ore into it. So, uh, on one hand, it, it hits the metallurgy as compared with Bolivar West. But on the other hand, it's giving us the opportunity to bring the magnetite uh, as an as a important byproduct. So on one hand, you can have slightly lower grades and slightly lower recoveries because of the, method, the, 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 the sort of ore that you have. But on the other hand, it's going to give us some additional uh, revenue coming from the magnetite in the, in the near future.
6: That makes sense. Um, you also mentioned some delayed capital expenditure in the release that, uh, and also some specialized technical oversight as it relates to your impact from COVID. Just thinking out loud, I mean, how, how much of this is actually long lasting, longer lasting, or even possibly permanent? Um, and can you crack down a little bit on what exactly it is and, and, and costs and card place? I'm sorry. I really I understand your question very well. Yep. Um, you mentioned delayed capital expenditures in the release related to COVID, uh, and, and you mentioned some specialized uh, technical oversight also related to COVID. I assume that's some consultants and some safety people. But I mean, just just thinking out loud, how much of that of those expenditures are longer lasting, possibly permanent? And can you just maybe uh, granulate down a little bit on what exactly they are?
3: Okay. Well, yeah, due to, due to COVID, uh, there's of delays, the capital expenditure, high COVID. We have to, in Peru, we have, uh, I would think, one of the toughest lockdowns in, in the world. And that pretty much precluded people from going to site. And also, as you are aware, uh, as you might be aware, uh, Peru has had the highest number of deaths in the world due to COVID. So that has made us prioritize uh, within this strategy, this tragedy, uh, our expenditure at the mine. So, for example, the Jauritocha chart which was going ahead, we had to stop it for some time and now we are retaking it. Some expenditure in terms of development, we also had to, to delay. So we are retaking this sort of uh, expenditure uh, as we speak. And that's going to go between now and potentially even next year. Uh, the other, uh, the specialized technical consultants, yes, for example, on our uh greenfield exploration we've we we wanted to bring some fairly specialized uh, persons that, that know about the sort of core bodies that we are willing to explore. But many of them have been stuck in their own countries due to due to these uh lockdowns all over the place. So this Lockdowns changing from one country to another, plus the, the restrictions that we've had on-site have uh, stopped us from from bringing these specialized uh, persons into, into our operation. And that has pretty much delayed our ability to to move forward with these uh, initiatives.
6: Very fair. Thank you guys so much. I'll be back in queue. Thank you, Michael. Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Lee Cooperman from Omega Family.
7: Yeah, Hi. Um, There's a lot of things I want to cover, uh, but I have to say that I'm very confused about what you're saying about the strategic review process. Uh, You just said a moment ago that it wasn't over. It was initiated in January of this year. You've had eight months to figure out what's going on. Okay, and I think the shareholders are deserving of a more fulsome explanation. Have we gotten bids that were inadequate? Have we gotten no bids? What is the story? What is going to change in the next two or three weeks that did not, uh, you know, that uh, we didn't have any decision last eight months? You held out the comment. You said you have more to say in two or three weeks. Why don't you just share that with your investors in an open mic? That's question number one. Very disappointed in how you've uh, addressed it. We've waited eight months for an explanation of what's going on, and then you give a very superficial, inadequate uh, explanation. Okay, so why don't you just come clear and tell us what's going on? We realize we're not in a distressed situation, so we don't have to take any bid. Is it that we got inadequate bids? we got no bids? What is going to happen in the next two or three weeks that didn't happen in the last eight months? Help me out, okay? That's question number one.
3: Mm-hmm. Lee, do you you want to bring all the questions and then I reply, or you –
7: Wait, we have to have that, yeah, fine, that's number one. Number two, how – you know, you kept on, you know, reiterating uh, up until today, uh, 170, 180, whatever it was, it guidance, it just seems it's not a good thing for you and investor relations and the shareholders – to basically be so far off your prior guidance and not make any revisions well before the earnings report. So I would chastise you for, frankly, uh, uh, embarrassing your investors and the analysts that cover you, if they care, as to uh, why you did not give a uh, profit warning well before you reported. Uh, uh, that would be a second question. Uh, that's not a question, just a statement, okay? Uh, third, what what you have any kind of view? About 2022, in other words, in a broad scale of things, you know, uh, do you anticipate uh, a material improvement in ibadah? Do you think we'll remain at this low level of ibadah compared to previous expectations? What is your thinking about 2022, with all the uh, exculpations and all the uh, you know hedges that you have? what, What can you tell us about 2022? Uh, Then getting back to 2021, what is your expected year-end cash position likely to be? Uh, Do you expect to be a net cash position and then um, uh, your CapEx for the year and uh, your your free cash flow for the year and year-end cash position? And a similar for 2022, Uh, that would be interesting. And then uh, you made an allusion to a dividend policy. You obviously weren't ready to pay a dividend now. What's going to have to happen for you to pay a dividend in the future? These would be some of my questions. Thank you, Dean. I'll give you, one, I'll give you one other question. Who's in charge? You know, the chairman of the board is not, and a critical call. The chairman of the board isn't even on the call. Who's in charge of making decisions for the company? You know, Generally, the chairman of the board represents the shareholders. He's not on the call, which disappoints me. So, you know, in terms of corporate governance, who's in charge?
3: Okay. Thank you, Well, who's in charge is the board of directors, the board of, direct, of directors, and uh, this is a, a, a management call, so that's the reason we are hitting it. Uh, well,
7: because of the strategic review process has been a major issue, it seems to me that the chairman of the board should be involved on the call. That's my personal opinion which you could uh, disregard, but that's my personal opinion. Go ahead. No, no, we, we don't
3: disregard your
7: opinions. Well, you, you, you have, opinion, I've, but I've, 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 I've alerted you people in the past to what I thought you should be covering, and we don't cover it, so you, you, you've done a good job of ignoring what was well-intentioned, sophisticated input, but go ahead. We don't, want, we don't want to change the nature of the call. I'm trying to figure, most important thing is, what were you trying to say about the strategic review process that's gonna change in the next few weeks that has not happened in the last eight months, and then, secondly, year-end cash position this year, anticipated, and uh, what you think 2022 could look like. I see big increases in production planned, and uh, I got to imagine efficiency will improve. So I would think that um, 2022 could be a very good year for us. And uh, but you make no comment about it. And here we are, and this year is almost over. But go ahead, the floor is yours. Thank you,
3: so let, let me start with that question,
7: uh, with the view of
3: 2022. And and that's a very important question, and thank you for that one. Uh, we are currently stabilizing our operations. That's what our aim is. And, and we are uh, working in the backlog of capital expenditure that we have to make sure that we went to the foot. Our issue in this first half of the year is one of sequencing. It's not that the OR has it's not there. The oil is still there, but we are sequencing it differently. So we have uh, gone into higher tonnage low areas because they were closer, and we had to prioritize uh, tonnage to make sure that we were producing to the fullest of our, uh, with our infrastructure. So that has been the case. As we are coming out of the COVID-19 situation, which has been a real tragedy around us, uh we are uh, bringing uh, eventually the the, the higher grade areas to the uh, to the plant uh, so that's uh, that's what's happening on 2022. and we're also expecting to have higher production because we have the the permit in the agriculture to bring it to thirty six hundred tonnes per day. Which is good news. So, all along, we're expecting 2022 to be much better in terms of production. Um, so, and, and, and we reflect that on our, on our guidance once we release it to the market. In terms of the process, uh, we certainly understand that this has taken longer than usual, but we are living unusual times. I mean, we work in two different jurisdictions, and uh, the the visit to the mines and the diligence are complex processes that in this sort of uh, situation environment usually will take longer. So that's as far as I can comment in terms of the process. As we said, the process is ongoing and uh, and we'll come back to the market once we have a, a result. And certainly we're We are working
7: very hard on that. Uh, Well, my question uh, is, what are you going to learn in the next three weeks that you didn't learn in the last eight months? If you said something like the virus has made it very difficult for uh, interested parties to get access to the mine, I could understand that. But you're giving no explanation as to why the process has taken so long. And this is where I think you hurt uh, yourself. That's the reason, pretty much, yeah, but why don't you say that? Why do you have to be asked that question? Why don't you just say that and volunteer it, basically? That the process is taking longer because the virus is complicated? You know? Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't, thank I don't you. Want that's what that's I welcome to call, indeed.
3: But anyway, uh, I will leave the cash position and dividend policy for, for it to reply. Thank you.
2: Thanks, thanks, Lee. In terms of uh, j- just on our EBITDA, like we did revise EBITDA 130 to 140, and uh, we have not yet provided guidance for 22. But we we can expect uh, for next year that, given the extra revenue stream from iron ore production as well as increased production. And if we if we assume that metal prices will remain, indications appear to be that way. Um, and despite COVID, we should see um, higher higher EBITDA. There's no question higher EBITDA for 2022.
7: In terms of what about, balance, we're, we're, we're where about, about the range balance, of that? Whereas
2: uh, it's it's too early. The the magnetite until we release the. Economics on magnetite, which is coming in coming weeks, week, that's that's going to play an important factor, and and um, I, I prefer to wait until we have that PDA announced, and then we could speak to the economics. Um, in terms of year end and, and the cash balance, if you look at the revised guidance, we expect to end the year with uh, with between 40 and 45 million in cash after the capex requirements that we're factoring in of 100 million um and in addition we you know we have to pay uh 18.7 point 18.75 million of debt so um but but i expect next year uh you know capex will, will likely remain strong we are in a significant plant expansion uh across uh, our minds so um we we sh- uh, we still have heavy capex, but uh, all in all, it should be a much better year compared
7: to the 2021. Well, the 93.8 million dollars of debt you're saying at the end of the year will be that minus 18.75, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it. 80 million dollars. So yeah. Yeah. 70. That's 75.05 million and you have cash of course you have net debt about what we have now Uh, but you have spent a lot of money on capex that you were funded right and uh, would you expect to generate cash next year
2: that that all depends on the capex um it's too early but i I can't see why we we couldn't given given a strong production profile increase the 20 percent increase that we're having again but the increase Metal stream from iron ore uh, that should all drive uh, positive cash flow. But again, let me, if I could
7: make an observation with your permission. Uh, generally speaking, when you're going through a strategic review process and you let people into your data room, you give them numbers. So you you must be giving prospective buyers of the company. Your best guess about 2022 with all the exculpations and all the possible scenarios, what are you telling the buyers? It seems to me with increased production with the magnetite plant in, you could do well over $200 million next year. I hesitate to make any forecast because we've been so off from what we've said in the past. But it would seem to me with the kind of cap extra spending and present prices and improvement efficiency. If this company should generate EBITDA well over 200 million next year, is that uh, something that is uh, not realistic in your mind, or in that range of possibilities?
2: I can't comment on that. Lee. It's, it's still too early to comment
7: on. We need to comment on December 31st of 2022.
2: Excuse me. Over in the coming weeks. Lee.
7: Coming weeks. You know, you've had eight months to prepare for this call, and everything is in the coming weeks. doesn't make any sense to me, but what do I know? Uh, Very good. Uh, So what are the questions that I asked that we didn't get to? Uh, Why would you wait so long to revise guidance? Why do you want to embarrass your analytical community and produce results, $40 million less than you were telling people, and uh, did not give a revised guidance? The, is your accounting system such that you didn't know about this uh, a month or two ago? We,
2: we issued our production uh, results in August, early August, you know, that was about two, two weeks ago. And with that, we we, that we were considering revising guides. Given the sequencing issues that Louise referred to, um, it, it's not. this isn't a desktop exercise where you just basically, well, let's just change the no price assumptions, let's, let's put in a lower lower production, and let's just put out a revised either. It's, it, you're, you're essentially updating all of your life of mines, uh, and, and it, it's a very complicated process.
7: Right. Let me ask you this. Uh, uh, in the past, you used to produce a slide with the NAV uh, of the company. If uh, taking what you guys know now, do you have an opinion on your net asset value?
2: There's, there's quite a lot of research on that in terms of published data on that, and, and I know what you're referring to, Lee, that, that PEA from three years ago, I believe, back in 2018, we pulled that, yes. Uh, the PEAs are, are much larger than that. what was uh, published then, and, and if you look at the, uh, the recent bank independent research, uh, that, that should give you an indication as well of NAD, and that's, that's above Where we're currently trading, that's for sure.
7: By a lot, I I I would assume the NAV would be approaching six dollars per share U.S. Do you disagree with that number?
2: I don't disagree with that number.
7: Okay, thank you. Uh, No more questions. Good luck, guys.
1: There are no further there are no further questions in queue. I would now like to turn the call back over to Mike McAllister for closing comments. Operator,
2: that concludes today's call. On behalf of the management team, I would like to thank all participants for joining us today. And I'd like to offer our sincere apologies for today's technical difficulties with our conference call service operator. This will be rectified, so it does not happen again in the future. A replay of the webcast and all the materials can be found on our website at CRMetals.com. If there are any further questions or concerns, you may reach out to us after today's call, or our contact information can be found in today's presentation as well as on the company's website. Thank you, operator. Please conclude the call.
1: This does conclude today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.